2: Hello world! I'm an email marketer at an agency called Flowium. Here at Flowium, we are very passionate about email marketing and because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Flowium is actually one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world and we specialize in providing premium full-service e-commerce email marketing experience to all of our clients. We deliver the right message to the right person at the right moments. That That's what we here are all about and stay tuned. I want to start this episode with a lame dad joke, if you (laughs) allow me. (laughs) I started Googling them and I'm like, wow, there is a bunch of marketing uh, dad jokes, if you didn't know. So Elisa, why don't email marketers like trampolines? Why? Uh, because they are scared of high bounce rates. <laughs> so cheesy. So I, just cheesy. Told this, I just told this joke to my husband. He was not impressed. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it, my fellow email marketing, marketing nerd. Yeah, right. It's only us that would laugh at
1: something like that as well.
2: <laughs> I, I'm totally posting it in our Slack channel for yeah. everyone. I'm sure yeah, a lot of yeah. people will like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I found my tribe. <laughs> in all seriousness, high bounce rates is actually something that we as marketers want to avoid at all costs. And segmenting your list properly is powerful when it comes to delivering the right message to the right person at the right time and eventually converting that person. And segmenting your email List can help you be more relevant. It can allow you talking to your customers in their language, giving them the information that they actually want at mm. the best possible time at the best yeah. possible moment. And we partially covered it in episode number six, which feels like forever ago. <laughs> oh, um, but today we'll actually just gonna get down to the nuts and balls of effective segmentation, like basic principles, right? And um, That said, figuring out the best way to segment your email marketing list can be difficult, especially Mm -hmm. considering how fast everything changes in the email marketing space these days. And when you look at things from... A broader perspective, however, some fundamentals of email marketing uh, segmentation, they have been tried and tested. They have withstood the test of the time. And these are the principles that we will be sharing with you today. Technologies might change. You might be using different platforms. You can be in different industries. Businesses can be different. But these four golden fundamental rules of email marketing segmentation will always be relevant and they will always stay the same. So here are they... And rule number one or principle number one is that segmentation is no longer optional. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think it's a, do you think it's a good start of the podcast? I think it's a very promising (laughs) start of the podcast. Yeah. Segmentation is no longer optional in 2021. Uh, By now, most marketers probably understand the importance of email marketing and spoiler alert. No uh, email marketing is not dying in the wake of social media. And yes, the average return on investment through email marketing is still $38 for every $1 spent. So Yes, marketers do understand the value of email uh, marketing, but yet a lot of them don't understand the power of uh, segmenting your list properly and uh, what they do, they just with minimal efforts, they are blasting the emails to their entire list with minimal efforts and believe me, the minimal efforts shows. And if you are not slicing and dicing your email database um, into like various segments and tailoring the content for your specific different audiences, believe me, you are missing out on a lot of revenue and a lot of opportunities. Because as we already mentioned, in 2021, segmentation is no longer optional. Here's the reality. Most businesses, whether it's B2B or B2C, they don't can cater to just one Type of customers. They don't. Even if you are only selling, I don't know, like one product or one service, if you look to your list closely, you will realize that there is no one size fits all customer, Mm -hmm. although it would be super convenient. (laughs) And usually there are several ideal customers for any given business. Even if you're selling, I don't know, like one product, if you're selling say one pet supplements for dogs, maybe a bigger dog will need, um, like, I don't know, like two portions per day and the smaller animal will need only one. And based on that, the average order value will change from customer to customer. Based on that, the recency will change as well. So you need to look closely into your list and understand who are those people, who are your ideal customers. and if you're doing some email marketing to this like different target customers, blanketing them with like the same broad message isn't ideal. And this is where actually email segmentation comes into picture. We like to think about email marketing segmentation as an art of viewing your customers in group. So you are slicing your email list into segments based on what you know about each user. So who are they? What they are purchasing behavior as like? So like how often do they purchase? What do they purchase? How familiar are they with your brand? How often do they open your emails? How often do they click through? How much money they are willing to spend on your products and stuff like that. And believe me, when you slice and dice your list correctly, the payoff can be huge, According to MailChimp, the open rates of segmented lists is almost 919 percent higher than non-segmented lists. And click-through rates are 22%. Percent better. Oh, and my favorite number: marketers who segment campaigns properly can see as much as 760 percent increase in revenue.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that stat. Yeah, that before, yeah, it's crazy. Those
2: numbers—they amaze me every time I read them. <laughs> and I, I and I see those numbers like with my personal clients. But those numbers amaze me every time. And once in a while, we are doing this thing when we are sending the campaign to entire master list. Um, just maybe like once a month or once a few months um, just to try to re-engage some of the unengaged customers. And I'm always shocked of how low the revenue is because you're basically sending it to like, I don't know, to like 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 people. And the revenue is lower than when you're sending the same campaign, but just a small segment. And I did not necessarily understand at the beginning how it works. But believe me, you want to slice and dice your list to make sure that your customers will at least see your email, that you will not end up in like a spam folder or something. In fact, the better your segments, the higher conversion is. So here are some fun facts from Clavio from uh, portal. So on average, companies with annual revenue under 100k in 2016, and again, this data is like four, four years old, I'm sure this numbers are even higher now. So back in 2016, they had around 13.3 segments. Brands with annual revenue of 100k to 1 million had 29 segments. And companies with 1 million revenue to 10 million revenue had 43 segments. Meanwhile, the the big dogs of the e-commerce with more than 10 million revenue in 2016, they had an average of 133 segments. So the better you understand your list, the more effective you are with your segments, obviously your revenues will be better as well. And it may be tempting to think that if you email Enough people, you may bring it enough revenue to make up for the decrease in open rates. But hey, in the world of email marketing, this is not how it works. If you are blasting your email to your entire list, be careful because you can damage your click through rates, your open rates, revenue per recipient, and eventually your sender's reputation as well. So again, going back to rule number one, rule number one, segmentation is no longer optional. No matter how big or small your business is, no matter how many products you have what your revenue is segmentation is not optional so think about it create at least some basic segments and in rules number two three and four we'll cover some of the basic like strategies on how you can do that so elisa you can take it from there i know you have a lot of useful and 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 fun and advanced (laughs) segmentation tips so what are they
1: i really love today's episode because we've kind of like structured it in a way where it's like hey listen this is an option but we're going to give you some really practical steps to actually implement what is no longer optional. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about these, these kinds of rules, the, the rules that we've kind of set up for today. So for today's second rule, rule number two is to know your audience. And if you don't actually yet know your audience, I'm going to go through some segment ideas in order for you to get to know your audience. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus more on the core marketing audience, as well as the segments that have win back opportunities, because as we've mentioned before, it will cost you way less money to win a customer back than it will to acquire a brand new customer. So what I'll do is I'll go through and I'll explain kind of each segment that we've sort of laid out for today and the best kinds of campaigns to send to these segments. And then just as a note, I'll use kind of some generic terms like recently purchased or frequently purchased or high overall value for a customer or low overall value. Just as a note, Vera and I, we can't dictate what these terms actually mean for you because each brand is different. So what actually makes sense for what you sell and not what everyone else sells? So for example, if you sell couches, it's pretty unreasonable for you to think that customers are going to purchase a leather couch from you every month. (laughs) So, you know, what's frequent for one brand is not frequent for the other and vice versa. So just make sure that you use figures that make sense, where you start thinking about figures or what figures will make sense as we kind of go through these different groups (laughs) That have different segments in them. So I'll go over two, and then Vera will go over two in the next rule. So for your core marketing audience, these are people that you are going to spend probably about seventy-five percent of your time focusing on. There are six segments that you can actually create. You can go way more into depth, but again, this is just like the absolute basics of what you can create, and you can kind of name them whatever we want. We've gone with a name um, with these names based on. Well, kind of sounds fun. And then also with a little inspiration from uh, from Clavio. So the first segment is called High Rollers. These are the customers that have recently purchased with you. They frequently purchase with you and they have a high overall lifetime value. You are going to spend a huge amount of time nurturing these people because they provide And bring so much value to your brand. These people are also probably your VIP customers. If you're not just going to go ahead and call this segment VIP customers. And what you want to spend a lot of time doing with these people, the kind of campaigns that you want to send to them is retention campaigns. So making sure that you're retaining these people in the high roller segment and also leveraging these people by providing perks, exclusivity, and also probably trying to get some referrals from them. So these are your big dogs. These are your big customers that like They walk into your store and you're going to offer them a glass of Prosecco or a cup of coffee, whereas you may not necessarily do that with other customers. So that's the first. Your next segment is potential high rollers. So these are people that have the potential to become a high roller, but haven't quite reached it yet. They've recently purchased from you. They don't purchase frequently, which is the big big game changer between high rollers and potentials, but they also have a high overall value. So the name of the game here within this segment is to increase the purchase frequency. So they become high rollers. But really, how do you do that? What you would do is focus on the items that these people are interested in or have shown interest in. And when new colors, sizes, versions are launched of whatever it is that they've purchased or shown interest in before, you send them a campaign. Or when similar items are back in stock, you send them a campaign. And I would also strongly recommend taking some time to tease the perks that they could have if they became high rollers. So showing them what could change or what about their experience with you. Could be better if they did become the high rollers that they have the potential to become. So that's your second segment. The next is brand enthusiasts. So we really like these customers because they're enthusiastic about your brand as per the name, but we would love them even more if they spent a little more money with us. So these people have recently purchased, they frequently purchase, but they're overall value is a lot lower than the high rollers. And this isn't a bad thing because we love loyal customers. That's something that we're really, really focused on a lot of the time. And there's no doubt that these kinds of customers are loyal. However, it would be really nice to see that overall value increase. So our goal here is to increase the average order value for these subscribers. So sending them campaigns that promote related products to what they've been purchasing upselling better versions of products that they've purchased or providing a volume discount is probably the best way to go. So forcing them or kind of encouraging them to spend a little more money, but they're getting some kind of discount for spending a little more money. So instead of buying one bra, for example, for $30, they can get three for $80. So they're basically cutting, they're saving $10 by purchasing the three, but it's increasing their order value right off the bat. Costco does this really nicely, (laughs) just as an Mm. example. So that's your third segment. So your fourth is potential enthusiasts. Have you noticed kind of like a trend that we're going through here as we go through? (laughs) So these customers have purchased recently, but they don't purchase frequently. And they also have a lower overall value, which is again, okay. But for these customers, what we really want to do is we want to increase their frequency. So we want to slowly get your customer segments up a sort of ladder until they reach that high roller, which is the ultimate kind of goal. So for the potential enthusiasts, what you want to do is you want to send them information about best sellers, other products related to what they've recently purchased, and make them real enthusiasts to work them up to the top. So we want to make sure that that frequency gets up there. And then once that frequency gets up there, then we focus on the higher overall value of that customer. And then the last two segments, they're actually quite interesting because they focus on recent customers that you've yet to kind of figure out a pattern with. So some are kind of frequent customers, which turns them into nearly theirs. And then others are not so frequent customers, which makes them waiting for wows. And kind of the differentiator between the two is that nearly theirs are people who are interested and they buy, but they're not really committed. And with the Waiting for Wows, They are literally just waiting for amazing deals in order to make a purchase. So both of these segments of customers need to be pushed over the line. So in this instance, it's really important to sell the value of your brand and products to these customers so they can move into a more committed relationship with you and your brand. And again, these are the customers that you want to save your best discounts for as an attempt to push them over the line. So a lot of uh, brands that we've seen kind of go very discount happy and they're like 50% off, 40% percent off, this percent off, that percent off. But what you want to do is A, you don't want to train your customers to wait for discounts. And B, you want to save those special discounts for special segments of people so that you can really target them and then get them to actually or activate them into your brand. That's your core marketing audience that you're going to be focusing on probably about 75% of the time. Then we hit the other kind of, well, the other, but like about 20% of your time, you have to focus on win backs. This is every client's favorite. Vera, I don't know about you, but whenever we get a new client, there, Biggest thing is like yeah 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 VIPs yeah 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 the engage. What about the people that haven't bought with us in a long time? Oh yeah, let's go every time. And I'm like, ah, I understand. But also you have to nurture the client base that you have already. Because if you don't, you start losing people. And then you're focusing on your time on winbacks. It gets kind of all upside Mm -hmm. down. So winbacks are customers that you used to rely on, but now they're gone. (laughs) They used to be really committed to you and now they're gone. So in the winback kind of realm, we're trying to mend a kind of broken relationship. They forgot about you, but you just can't let them go. It's kind of like that annoying ex That texts you whenever you're (laughs) about to get over them. And then they text you and you're like, but wait, maybe I have a chance. (laughs) I feel like I'm turning email marketing into (laughs) a soap opera. (laughs) But there are really only two types of win backs that you should spend any of your time on at all. And everyone else, it's not that they're irrelevant. Vera will kind of get into that in the next rule. But these are the two types that you should really, really primarily focus on. So... They're both used to bees. One is the used to be high rollers and the used to be enthusiasts. So what is the difference and how do we actually approach each? So for the ex high rollers, they haven't bought with you in a while, but when they did, they were very frequently buying with you. And their overall value was very high. So these are the customers that you are literally diving in headfirst to win back because they provided your company with the most overall value, not only based on their spending habits, but because they were willing to bring you the referrals too. So for these people, you want to send them new and improved special offers. And you are going to do literally whatever it takes to get these people back into the fold. So these, the X high rollers, I would say are probably the people that you're going to be saving your absolute, ultimately best, best, best discounts for, even when it comes to your core marketing audience as well. Because these people, once they come back, they'll be high rollers again because that was the behavior that they showed previously. And then you're just increasing that high roller segment, which is huge for your company. And then on the other side, you have the ex enthusiasts. So these people also haven't bought with you in a while, but when they did, They were very frequent and their value was low. But just because their overall value was low does not mean that they weren't important. However, they weren't high rollers. So you should really treat them a bit differently than you do your ex high rollers. And the ex enthusiasts, this is a really great segment for you to test some win back strategies that you think may work. Make sure that you take the time to experiment with this group. But again, don't go too crazy because you don't want to waste your best offers on the segment that's second best. And I know that sounds kind of harsh but that's showbiz baby (laughs) so make sure that you're just strategic around what you're offering to these people as you try to win them back and again like I mentioned before there are two other major groups of subscribers on your list that we'll discuss today but I will let Vera take that on in rule number three as these are the troublemakers and she's better with dealing with troublemakers than I am So is a reminder, rule number two, make sure that you know your audience.
2: Yeah. And rule number three is actually the good one. My favorite one. I love yeah. troublemakers. <laughs> so those who do nothing do harm. And to be honest, we copied this rule from Clavio directly because I, I couldn't say I couldn't have said it better. We completely agree that those people who are on your list and they just sit there and do nothing they do harm. Well, email providers care a lot about user experience. Well, not just email providers, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever platform you're using. If users are not engaging with your content, it's like a red flag for the system. The system automatically thinks that you are not relevant and probably you are not for those customers who are not engaging with you. And the system automatically lowers your sender score. So basically, those email providers, they will do whatever possible to weed you out as a sender and that's why oftentimes people end up in spam folders in promotion folders and stuff like that and being proactive with that group of customers being proactive with your unengaged customers is an basically a must an essential part of any successful email marketing strategy. And unfortunately, I've seen it a lot with our clients, with other pl- clients. Usually people come to you with this issue. Often time by the time they discover that um, they have some issue with their email hygiene or with their sender's reputation, it's generally too late. Um, you have already damaged your sender's reputation. You have already wasted resources. You have already done a damage to your overall branding. And that's when people come to us oftentimes asking for help, you know? And actually, that's unfortunately, that's true, but here are some fun or actually not so fun numbers. According to research by Return Path, 79% of emails worldwide found their way to their target inbox in the last year. And, and that's, that's like a good... Uh, good statistic. But 13% of those emails ended up in junk folders. 13% is a lot, if you ask me. And out of all that 13%, only 1%, only 1% of them found their way back into user's inbox. So like, if you are in a spam folder, it is super, super hard To get out of there. That's a sad statistic, if you ask me. Uh, But here's another important uh, data that you should be aware of and you should understand. Marketing Sherpa reports that on average, marketing, like marketers lose 25 to 30% of their email list. Each year, and that's like a completely natural cycle. So be aware of those of those like 30% of your list that will become uninterested in you if you will not be like interacting with them or if you will not be specifically creating content targeted for them. Therefore, list retention should be an absolute must for all of the marketers and two groups that are the hardest to work with, like Clavia calls them caution and avoid. So there are two big groups and a Lisa partially mentioned them and we call them using with caution and avoid. So those users that you have to be cautious with, these are the users that in the past somehow connected with your brand. They might have even purchased from you or they opened your email, they clicked your email, but they have lapsed. So they are very similar to that group that Alisa to Winbex that you've discussed, but in this case, they are even more unengaged, if I can say so. So you have to spend approximately 5% of your overall time on those guys. Yes, you can still possibly recover them, but don't have too much hope. You still have to do whatever you can, but these are not your big earners. So there are like three big groups of this lapsed customers. So the first group is a one hit wonders. So these are the people who came to your website once, they placed a big order, the the high value order, and then they disappeared and you've never heard of them before. So we call them one hit wonders. Now, the next big group is just passing throughs. So so these are the people who have maybe placed an order with you one time, but that order was a low value and they do not open any emails from you frequently they have lapsed a long time ago and there is another group we call them false starts so these are the people who have uh, lapsed in the past they have never placed any order with you, but they were opening a lot of emails from you at one point. So all these three groups of people, you can still bring them back to life if you put some efforts into it, but don't focus too, too much on them. Maybe create a few campaigns specifically targeted to those people and specifically those campaigns to specifically fit their needs. Be very careful. The content should be super relevant for this people because they are not your ride or die fans that will be happy to receive anything from you. you have to be very, very specific with these people. Now, the last batch are people we want to avoid. Completely, we want to spend zero time on them. This is like a red zone of email marketing, and these people bring us nothing but trouble. We call them avoids. So, these folks, they might have come to your list through different mysterious ways. Maybe they got into your list through giveaway or sweepstakes, or maybe someone got the list from somewhere. And that's something that we don't recommend to do. We hate working with clients who got the list from somewhere, aka purchased it from somewhere. This is never a good idea. But these people, if they are on your list, you have to be super careful with them and you have to spend zero time emailing them. So these are the people who we don't want to be sending to they are your dead weight that you want to just cut out so who are these people again people who came to you through different resources like giveaways and stuff like that and who received an open uh, who opened and clicked on zero emails from you your heart bounces as well you have to avoid them a heart bounce is basically it occurs when the email cannot be delivered due to some like technical permanent reasons like person used the fake email to enter into your giveaway or stuff like that or may Maybe that email does not exist anymore, or maybe the email was misspelled. So Klaviyo, I know, I know for sure about Klaviyo that they will suppress those accounts automatically. But for other email marketing platforms, not not all of the platforms are doing that. So if your platform is not doing that, make sure to maybe set yourself a re- recurring reminder to do it monthly. So hard bounces, make sure to suppress them. Soft bounces, a soft bounce is very similar, but it is usually caused by like temporary reasons such as like full inbox or maybe a recipient email server is down for a moment but it will be back soon or stuff like that and when you send and get a soft bounces like many times let's say you're getting it five six seven times in a row or something the platforms like Klaviyo will recognize it and they will sort of like suppress those profiles as well but again if your platform is not doing that make sure to do that manually because as we already know from rule number three those who do nothing, do harm. Another group of people that you should be careful with as people who opened and clicked email zero times in the last year, in 365 days. Obviously, these people don't want to hear from you. Why bother? Why sending them any communication whatsoever and damaging your own reputation? Maybe it's better to focus on those who you can still sort of like recover. And obviously, people who complain that you are a spammer, people who complain that you're sending the spammy emails in most platforms they will be automatically suppressed in Klaviyo but if your platform is not doing that be super careful with that you don't want to be um, sending another email to person who just reported that you are a spammer yeah so spam traps is another big one and i think we partially covered it uh, before, but we will be talking about all of these things in our episode that is coming very, very soon about the list hygiene. So yeah, so be careful with those avoids. Uh, make sure to suppress or delete um, those profiles. Um, the big difference to understand between suppressing and deleting. When you're suppressing the profiles in platforms like Klaviyo, like the system keeps their data inside of Klaviyo, but no emails can be sent to those suppressed profiles. So meanwhile, the delete Deleting profiles removes all the data completely. So think twice before you want to delete those contacts because in platforms like Klaviyo, you are not paying for suppressed accounts. So for the sake of having the data about that person, we recommend suppressing and not deleting. But hey, it's your it's your decision after all. But the big thing is with both avoids and uh, use caution is that you have to be very careful with them and do not ignore those people. Do not send them emails, but do not ignore them either. Those who do nothing do harm. So keep that in mind and spend approximately 5% of all of your email marketing efforts and time on those folks. Yeah, I love that.
1: Those who do nothing do harm. <laughs> it's true. It's very, very true. Okay, for rule number four we called it a little planning goes a long way and this one will kind of keep short and sweet and to the point because it's pretty self-explanatory and also we've just given you guys so much information to think about you'll probably have to listen back especially to rules number two and three just so then that way you can make notes and kind of start to strategize but I also feel like my head is spinning <laughs> with everything that I can actually implement for clients but the, the biggest thing here um, to remember is you need to make a plan when it comes to segmentation and then also the campaigns that you're going to be sending out on a weekly, monthly, bi-monthly, whatever it is basis. It's so frustrating to me and Vera, I'm sure you feel the same way. When we see brands with so much potential, they have so much content, mm. so many customers, so many subscribers, so many things going on, and they have All the potential in the world to do this really well but then they're building the plane as it's flying and obviously things don't always go as expected as 2020 taught all of us but it's so much better and so much easier for you to be altering a plan that you already previously created rather than starting from scratch in the very last minute so every quarter really make sure that you have an idea of what your company's direction is for that next quarter are you guys launching new products Are you running any sales? Are you rolling out any new programs like a loyalty or referral program? And once you have a fair idea of what's coming in that next quarter, plan out a campaign strategy that will target in order from most to least important, each segment that we've talked about today or each group of people that we've talked about today, you could really make five different versions of the same exact campaign or the same exact email that will just properly address the segment that you're sending to, which is something that I personally honestly do with a a lot of my clients. We'll create one kind of campaign idea and we'll replicate it over and over and over again, but it changes from segment to segment that we send to. And you want to get granular and you want to get really specific about the wording, the imagery, how you're how you're presenting that campaign to these different segments. We say this every single week in our intro, successful email marketing is all about sending the right message to the right person at the right moment, which is why we've talked about segmentation in the past. We'll continue to talk about it in the future. And that's why we try to get more and more specific every time we talk about it on an episode. Because these are all super important tools for you to apply. And if you don't apply them, you're missing out on a lot of revenue that you can be generating. And you're also missing out on creating a serious loyal customer base of people that are going to just continue to refer you and help you continue to grow your brand. So make sure that you're mindful and intentional with your campaigns and who you're sending them to just general blasting. It's not going to cut it anymore. And it hasn't cut it for a really, really long time. So please make sure that you plan ahead of time so you can target your audience properly. Your customers, will thank you for recognizing who they are and what their habits are when it comes to your brand. And again, your brand is going to grow. I mean, sky's the limit, you know, so why wouldn't you want to see your brand grow and skyrocket versus just taking the easy way out and just e-blasting everyone the same thing. It's just, it's, it's a foolish practice and it would be very wise as a brand for you to really take some time to think about who you're sending these messages to and what they want to hear based on the behaviors that you see. So again, rule number four, a little planning goes a long way and it will go the longest, longest way ever. <laughs> so make sure that you take the, the segmentation to heart.
3: So guys, I, I hope you enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, I definitely all learned something new about segments all the time. Just recently we've tried this like new strategy with one of my clients where instead of sending the campaign to all of the engaged segment, we send basically to all of the people who were interested in the specific product. And even though the segment was much, much smaller than just the engaged segment itself, the conversion rates and like the dollar generated per customer were like three times higher than what we've normally got when we send it to engage segment only. So yeah, there is always definitely like a lot of space for for being creative with segments. But if you want to learn more about like segmentation and basically if you want to go back to the basis and get some ideas and like how to segment your list, all of the different email marketing segmentation tools and stuff like that, um, check out the blog that one of my colleagues wrote. Uh, It's at flowium.com slash blog slash email dash segmentation. This is actually like, a really, really good piece uh, for you to learn more about email segmentation in 2022. Anyways, we're going to link it down below in the description box. So if you guys want to learn more, definitely check it out. Uh, but also send us a message, send us a ping if you want to connect with us or if you want to be a guest on our podcast or if you know someone who want to be a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much. And we hope to see you guys back next Tuesday when we will be discussing all of the creative content ideas for email campaigns in September 2020
0: flown.com slash audit.